round of applause. So um, I heard a story about John Paul II. Uh, you know, one time that he was flying somewhere, and uh, when he was flying in the airplane on the air, the airplane started to have a few problems, and they had to jump off the plane. And uh, there were only three parachutes, so, you know, it was going to be difficult because there were four people in the plane. So one of the guys, you know, took one parachute and said, hey, I'm taking this one because I'm the president of a nation. I'm important. My nation needs me. So he jumped off. Then the other guy comes and says, uh, I'm going to take the other parachute because I am a very important scientist. I'm probably the smartest, the most intelligent man on the earth. I'm a scientist. So he took one and jumped off. And then John Paul, you know, comes to this kid. He's a Boy Scout. And he says, son, uh, I'm not going to take the, the parachute. You have to take it because, you know, I already live my life. I visited so many countries. I'm already like 85 years old. And you're just like 11. So take the parachute and jump. And then the Boy Scout, the young boy said, sir, uh, please don't worry. Do you remember the smartest man in the world? John Paul said, yes. Uh, he, he jumped off with my backpack. So, so we're okay. So I'm going to take you to the book of Numbers today. Let me share a quote. So I have 20 minutes to share with you um, so that we can finish on time and uh, because we respect your time. Uh, but I want to take you to the book of Numbers and uh, chapter 13. And today, I want to speak on the subject of key steps for improving the relationships that you cultivate. Now, we all know that the kind of relationships that you have the kind of people that you surround with can break you or can make you. So life, it's not only about the decisions that you make or how you're walking in life, but life is also full of experiences that come from other people into your life. And you want to make sure that as you go through life, you go through college, you get a job, you go to church, you get married, you have kids, you become a grandpa, a grandma, whatever. You want to make sure that throughout your life that you know how important it is to choose the right relationships that will take you far in life. I heard um, a quote uh, a couple of days ago but I, but, uh, by an, a man named Jim Ron who is a writer, you know, for entrepreneurs, and he's all over the United States, you know, teaching a lot of uh, seminars on building relationships, and has done a lot of studies on the impact of relationships on people. And he says that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. So think about the five people that are in your life that you are surrounded by, or the five people with whom you spend the most time with, he says, you are the average of those five people. There's another man who said uh, he also does a lot of, you know, studies and articles and been, you know, interviewed in the New York Times, written a lot of books on the importance of relationships in the workplace. Charles Jones, he said, 
you are the, the person that you are right now. You are going to be the same person in five years. This is impacting. For this one, I was going to ask everybody to bring a little mirror today. But then I was like, no, I'm not going to ask them to do that because maybe some people will just be like, you know, for the entire sermon. So, But he says, look at yourself, the person you are right now. In five years, you will be the same person that you are right now, except for two things. The people you associate with in your life and the books you read. Napoleon Hill, uh, some of you know the story, uh, Henry Ford, the one who started the Ford Company. He paid Napoleon Hill for almost 20 years to research the word success. And Napoleon here interviewed presidents, entrepreneurs, pastors, moms, parents, doctors, engineers, architects. And for, for over 20 years, he did research on the formula of success. And at the end of his research study, he put a book together that is called The 70s Laws of Success. That you see it, you know, everywhere. And one of the lessons he learned after he did that research study was that there's two ways that you can learn things in life. If you want to learn something, there's two, two different ways that you can do it. Number one, you can learn from personal experience. Or number two, you can learn from the experience of others through books. So Charles John says you're going to be the, five, the same person in five years unless you choose carefully who you are surrounded by and the books you read. So I want to take you to the book of Numbers, chapter 13, and I want to make the emphasis today. I'm just going to share about two or three points about improving the relationships that you already have so that you can have the right balance in your life. Because you know what? God made you to be a relational person. You can probably say, oh, you know what, Franklin? I've done everything on my own. Nobody helped me, you know? Especially those of us who are immigrants, you know, sometimes we have the tendency to say, you know what, when I came to this country, I had nothing, and I didn't have anything, and nobody helped me, but God made you and I so that we would be relational with people. We need people, and people need you. So I want to share with you Numbers 13, verse 26, 33, and I want you to see the impact of having the wrong people in your life. So this is Moses, right? The people of Israel have already gone through the desert. They saw what God did in the country of Egypt. They saw how God opened the Red Sea. They go into the desert. They see how God provides meat. God, God provides manna, you know, from heaven. God provides water from the rock and from the desert. They have seen all of these things, and then they come to the point where they can see the promised land. The land that God promised to Abraham, Jacob, and Isaac. And they are about to get the promise that God had given them for years, the promised land. So God speaks to Moses and God says to Moses, Moses, I want you to put together a group of men. And I want you to send them so that they can go and spy in the, in the land that I have promised you. And then from there, uh, you get the report, you build a strategy on how... You are going to conquer the land that I have already given you. 
So Moses went ahead and he, you know, chose this man, 12 people. And this is where the story starts. Numbers 13, verse 26, 33. They went to the promised land and now they have come back with a report. Verse 26. They came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is the fruit. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw the descendants of Anak, who were, you know, giants uh, there. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites and the Jebusites and Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explore devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. They seem, we seem like grasshoppers in our eyes, and we look the same to them. I want you to notice that in verse 29, there's a group of 12 men. They go to the promised land. They come back. And they start giving their support to Moses. Now, the majority of these men, 10 out of 12, they start talking about the negative things that they see in the promise that God has given them. They start seeing the giants that were so powerful in the land. They started to see uh, these men, the, the Anaks, who were giants uh, in the land. And they started to set up a bunch of excuses of why they couldn't go to the promised land and conquer the land. And as they are giving this bad report and negativity, all of a sudden, uh, Caleb, in verse 30, if you read with me, says that then Caleb silenced the people before Moses. So I want you to think with me for a moment. Because these 10 men, they're telling Moses, Moses, we can't make it. We can't do it. Too much travel. We can't make it. There's so many giants, so many people, so many armies, so, so many negative things. And look at us. We're weak. You know, we, we just, we're just coming through the desert. We don't have the power to do that. And as the negativity is increasing, somebody jumps off. And then Caleb says that he silenced the people before Moses. So the Bible doesn't say what Caleb, how Caleb quiet the people, but I imagine that maybe Caleb started saying, hey, 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 wait, wait, wait up, wait, be quiet, everybody, be quiet. And then in verse 30, uh, Caleb starts saying, we should go and take possession of the land because we can certainly do it. So Caleb had a different type of faith than the other 10 men that Moses had selected, you know, for that mission. And then the men, verse 31, you can see that they're coming up with excuses. You know, because sometimes we only focus in life on the things that we can change instead of focusing on the things that we can change. 
Sometimes people, you know, they look back through the years and, and they regret, they lament, you know, all the things that have happened to them. Things that they can't even change anymore. And they live under, you know, that burden, that oppression. And, and they just think about reasons why they can do it. Reasons about why they can't go to the promised land. Reasons why they can't go and fight for the promise that God has given to them. So verse uh, 31, they started saying, hey, we can't attack those people. They're stronger than we are. They, they have muscles. You know, we're just coming from the desert. Maybe some of them were saying, you know what, uh, Moses, I'm like 110 pounds. These guys are like 500 pounds. We're not going to make it. We're not going to defeat them. Making excuses. And then verse 32, they spread, um, they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. I want you to see that negativity, if you allow negativity to be a part of your life, you are not going to make it in life. If you are expecting God to bless you, God had already given the Israelites, this is the land, guys. Go and get it. Just go and explore it. Go and get it. I promise it to you. But they came back, you know, with excuses about how they can do it. If you allow the negativity of other people, the environment or the culture to be in your life, it is going to be very difficult for you to see the victories that God can give you. Because you're only going to be focused on the reasons and excuses of why you can't make it, why God can't use you, why God can't bless you. And there comes a point where you have to make a decision. Are you going to believe the negativity that is around in your life? Or are you going to believe in the promises of God? Are you going to allow people around you? Are you going to allow the environment that you're surrounded by to tell you that you can't? To tell you who you're not? To tell you what you shouldn't do? Or are you going to believe in the promises of God and say, Lord, I'm going to go into the promised land and I don't care about the giants that I see because you have already promised victory for me, so I will go. First point that I want to share with you today is that we need to be mindful of the relationships that we build and the relationships that we nurture. See, in order for us to be successful in life, there's times where, yes, of course, you know, maybe you're going to be on your own. But most of the time, God wants us to work in teams. You know, God could have said or Moses could have said, these people are negative or they will act negative. Or God, God could have said to Moses, Moses, those 10 men over here, don't send them because they're negative. God allowed Moses to send those negative 10 people with two people who had a faith of courage into the promised land. So Joshua and Caleb, they had a different type of faith. They had experienced God. So I want you to understand, church today, everybody today, that because God made you a relational person for you to have relationships with other people. You need to be careful with the relationships that you build and the relationships that you nurture. I'm not saying you shouldn't have friends that are non-Christian. Please go ahead. Go ahead and have friends who are non-Christian. Have friends who are non-believers. Have friends who are atheists. Have friends... 
you know, who belong to a different religion. I have friends, you know, who are Buddhists. I have friends who are atheists. Um, I have friends, you know, in, in so many different backgrounds. And, and I, I am there for a purpose. I am there to share God. But you also have to nurture relationships. You also have to build them up. And I was looking in the dictionary what the word nurture means. And it means care for and encourage the growth of development of. So we have to be careful of the people that I allowed into my life. Because it can happen that maybe God is taking you in the right direction. Maybe you're going into the promised land. Maybe God, the promise is just a few feet away from you. All you have to do is believe that God had already given you that promise and then you go and conquer and you will because God is with you. But if you walk if, if in your walk in life and with God, if you allowed the negativity of people to come into your life, then you will probably become a negative person as well. That's why I really believe in this man, uh, Charles Jones, you know, who said that, you know, you are the average of the five people that you have in your life. Think about the five people that you spend the most time with in your life and what are they bringing into your life. There's points in my life where I have noticed that I have become very negative. Sometimes, you know, um, just, just negativity. And then I have had to make choices and decisions about the people, you know, that I will let in my life. So my question for you today is, are you proactively looking to create those relationships and nurture those relationships in your life? Church, a life group. Please join a life group. You may say, frankly, yeah, but you know what? What am I going to learn, you know, or, or uh, you know, is it for me? Don't, don't just think about what's in it for me. Is it going to be good for me? Think about, God, do you want me to do this? Think, God, what do you want to do in my life through this? God, how do you want to use me as I go to a life group? Don't just think in terms of what am I going to get? What's in it for me? Because remember, God has placed us in this church and in life so that we can work as a team. God knew that these 10 men, they were going to be negative, but God allowed them to go. And then they came back with the same negative negativity. But I want you to see that negativity can get a hold of your heart very quickly. Bad news can spread quickly, faster than good news. If you hear good news, oh my gosh, did you hear about it? Oh my gosh, did you hear about it? <laughs> you know, I've noticed, I notice sometimes, you know, when I drive in the, in the freeway, in the 110 freeway and the 405. I'm driving in my Toyota Camry, 1989. Don't underestimate it because I can get up to 85 miles an hour. And all of a sudden, driving in, in, in the 405 freeway, I have to press the brake or, you know, put on the brake real quick because all of a sudden the freeway stopped. And I'm like, what's going on? What's happening? And then I keep driving and driving. And then like 45 minutes, you know, ahead, I see that there's an accident. 
But you know what the funny thing is? The accident is not even in the freeway that I'm driving. The accident is on the other side. So why are people stopping in my freeway and not allowing me to drive only because, you know, they're driving. Hold on, hold on. You know, there was an accident. You know, and they start, and everybody starts slowing down, stopping because we as human needs by nature, we're more interested in bad news than in good news. So you have to be careful with the relationship that you choose. And when you find a good relationship, nurture that relationship. Grow with that relationship. Make friends with that relationship. Now, Joshua, I like what Exodus chapter 33 verse 11 says because how did Joshua become such a great leader? Exodus 33, 11 says, The Lord will speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses will return to the camp, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. Another translation says, Joshua will remain praying in the tent. So you know what? Joshua was about 17 years old when this happened. Joshua saw the value in Moses. Joshua saw the value in Moses and Joshua said, oh my gosh, I'm going to follow this man. This man speaks to God. God does great things through Moses. I got to have what he has. How does he make it? How is he used by God? And, and Moses, you know, became the aid, the helper of Moses. And Moses, when he wanted to pray, and the Bible says that, you know, God will come down and, and speak to Moses face to face. Moses was living in the camp. He would get a tent. Moses would get a tent, leave the camp of people, set up the tent, go inside and pray. And Joshua was outside praying. So after hours and hours of Moses praying to God and talking to God, Moses will leave the tent, will come back, you know, to the people, will come back to the town. But Joshua, the Bible says that he will remain praying on the tent. When you are hanging out with people who add value to your life, you are going to grow and you are going to see a lot of success in your life Spiritually, socially, psychologically, emotionally, but you have to nurture those relationships. Look for the people that you can learn from. Don't let them go away. Invite them for coffee. Take them out. Buy them lunch. Buy me lunch. <laughs> you know, I, I like all of you guys. I like all of you guys, everybody. <clears throat> And all of you guys, so don't be jealous. But, you know, Kiro, this guy is so positive. Kiro has come sometimes to the services. Tired. Tired. Maybe he slept only one hour. And I've been like, hey, Kiro, are you okay? Yeah, man, those kids I've been working with. Man. Are you going to be okay for the worship? He says, yes, yes. Kiro is one of the most positive guys I have seen in the city of Pasadena. Why would you not want to be a friend of Kiro? Take him out, guys. Nurture the relationships that will add value into your life. And don't just be close to the relationships that are taking value away from you. Make the decision. 
I'm not saying cut them off. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying nurture the good relationships in your life, the ones that you are going to learn something from. Time is gone. How many of you guys know that smoking is dangerous for your health? I'm not going to ask how many of you guys smoke. That's not what I'm asking. How many of you guys know that smoking one package of cigarettes a day can be detrimental for your health? Yeah? Former U.S. Department of Health and Human Services Surgeon General Dr. Vivek Murphy, the guy that ran the health department in the United States a few years ago in the past administration. They did a research study on the issues that affect the health of Americans in the United States. So they study, you know, the, the dangers of smoking, the dangers of weight, the dangers of violence. But you know what he was more concerned about in that study? They discovered a few years ago that one of the main things that is killing Americans in the United States is loneliness. And they discovered that loneliness is associated with a shorter lifespan. You know what they found in this uh, research study also? They found, hear this, loneliness is just as lethal as smoking five, I mean, as smoking 15 cigarettes per day. If you do not bring the right people into your life, I don't care if you're married. I don't care if you have a beautiful girlfriend, a handsome boyfriend. If you don't bring the right people into your life, you could suffer loneliness, whatever you are. That's why we need to nurture relationships. I'm going to read um, the last verse of, of, because, you know, it's time to go. And now you guys are already telling me, you know, to cut it. So, but I want to read for you Joshua 24, 15. You know the story. They conquered, you know, the promised land. They divided the promised land, you know, for each tribe. Joshua 24, 15 says, But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day, whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors serve beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my household, as for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. So the Israelites, when they got into the promised land, they started to see the gods. You know, oh, that God is cool. Look what they do. Look at that custom. Look at the way they worship, you know, that statue. And Joshua stood up and said, he didn't say, choose today who you are going to follow. He said, choose today who you are going to serve. 
when Joshua saw the negativity coming, he was proactive. I will take a stand. I'm not going to let the environment consume me. I will change the environment, but the environment will not change me. Let's, let's have a word of prayer today. Lord, I thank you so much, Lord God, for this beautiful day. As we, Lord God, go through life and as we serve you, Lord God, at Agape Church, I pray today, Lord God, right now that we will build those relationships we will nurture those relationships that bring value into our life. That we will join a life group, Lord God, not with the intention of, oh, what am I going to get out of it? But with the intention of, God, what do you want to do in my life through it? Lord, I pray for anyone who might be facing negativity at work, negativity, Lord God, in any environment. I pray that you, Lord God, keep them strong, just like Caleb. Caleb said, hey, stop. Uh, we can do it. I'll do it. We can do it. We can conquer. We can fight. Because his faith was strong. I pray for encouragement, Lord God, in our people as we go throughout this week. That in the environments where they are, Lord God, that they do not get discouraged. But they will nurture relationships. They will nurture good relationships that add value into their lives. So that when they go through that negativity, Lord God, they can stand up like Joshua and say, Do whatever you want, but me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.